And there would be news of the Prime Minister in London, Mr. Stanley Baldwin, along with an account of Mrs. James's funeral. But there wasn't time to read or to think much as he loved to. He must go straight home to 11 Market Street right this moment and prepare himself. He folded the paper in half and set off across the hummocky grass. There wasn't time to read the newspaper. Not today. It's mighty tidy in here, Wilfred announced confidently arriving back in the house and looking around the scully. But as Wilfred and his da stood in the cosy kitchen they'd shared for twenty-nine years, both had the same thought. The kitchen didn't cut the mustard. "'Let's get rid of that old flour sack,' Wilfred suggested, lifting up the frayed sack on the floor to reveal tea leaves, grit, bits of grass, and a dog-eared playing card. "'Ah, Abby, didn't you sweep under the rug?' Wilfred's da asked. "'No,' admitted Wilfred. "'It didn't occur to me.' Well, quickly then, get the brush. Wilfred collected the dustpan and brush from the yard next to the cabbages, where it had been left a few months ago, and swept the floor. But the brush kept shedding bristles, and he had to sweep up those as well. That dustpan and brush, his da said, watching, was a wedding present from Auntie Blodwen for your mam and me. Long time ago now. Wilfred stood up from all fours, and put his large hand over his da's gnarled, soil-stained hands, and squeezed gently. Summer sunlight streamed through the window and lit up the humble and dishevelled room and brought it into vivid relief. "'We've lived very well, you and I, in this room and this house by Bach,' his da stated. "'I hope I have been wise,' he added. "'The only thing I ever prayed for was to be a good father.' There was a gentle pause. "'Do you think you should have cleaned the stove?' his da asked. "'I did,' Wilfred replied. He took the blackened, encrusted frying-pan with its inch of white lard from the stove and put it in the higgledy-piggledy crockery cupboard. "'That's looking better now,' he stated, "'and you won't be able to keep your spade in the kitchen sink any more. I don't think that'll do.' Wilfred's star rubbed his chest in silent contemplation. "'There are momentous changes ahead,' Wilfred said, attempting to console his star, but succeeding only in unnerving himself. Then, from nowhere, Wilfred remembered as a child waking from a nightmare and running with all his might to his da, out of bed across the tiny landing and under the scratchy blankets of his da's bed, where he clung resolutely to his father's back, which was naked and strong. I dreamed a saint nibbled me. Who ever heard of a saint in a bedroom? Tumbling into the deep dip in the middle of the old mattress, Wilfred was soothed by his da's presence. Keep still, boy Bach. You've got St. Vitus's dance. Who's St. Vitus? "'Is he dead?' "'Not yet,' his da replied, and then Wilfred had fallen asleep, warm and safe. Safe as houses. Wilfred straightened the chairs around the kitchen table and closed the cutlery drawer. "'That's looking better again.' "'Are you going to comb your hair?' he asked his da. "'Aye, aye,' his da replied, smoothing his halo of white hair down. "'Now you's better go and get yourself ready.' Wilfred nodded, rubbing his bristly chin. He must have a shave. I've put petrol in the hearse, he mentioned, adding, It's not ideal, is it? What? his da said, alarmed. You know. No. I thought you were happy this time. Not that, da, Wilfred explained. This time I couldn't be happier. I meant it's not ideal going to my own wedding in a hearse. Once an undertaker, always an undertaker, his da replied. Now, Cariad, said her mother, bending down and cutting the stems of some dahlias, separating forever the flower heads from their roots. She stood up 
and handed the freshly cut flowers to Flora Mavanwi. Let bygones be bygones. Flora nodded. Her mother was talking about Albert. It seemed an obvious comment, but Flora knew what her mother meant. She was to let go of the past, no matter how golden it had been. This is a new beginning for you, Mrs. Edwards continued. She reached for the white trumpet-like lilies. Shall I cut you some of these? Yes, I'd like some lilies. Your father planted these earlier this year. It was still so raw. Flora saw an image of her father slumped on the hall carpet. It was a fresh memory. She gazed at the line of metallic blue sea in the distance. The air was full of insects flitting, and a rabbit hopped in the apple orchard at the end of the garden. He would have wanted to give you away, her mother stated, cutting four of the tallest, most beautiful lilies. Her father had died in the spring. She had first seen Wilfred at the funeral, met with him across the summer, and they were marrying before harvest.